You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's now time for our main event. Take a trip back in time to the golden era of the wrestling world with your host, Chris Tetrold Blaine. Welcome to Once Upon a Turnbuckle. Welcome to a, uh, another special episode of Once Upon a Turnbuckle, and I get to do my what's becoming quickly my favourite new thing to do on this uh, on this show. So it's another podcast spotlight, and um, I get to welcome badass Willie Guns, one of the co-hosts of Backstabbers podcast. Hello, sir. Hey, what's going on, man? Oh, no, no, yeah, all, all good, all good in the hood over here, mate. How's things over there? Everything's uh, fine, you know, just uh, <laughs> the stuff that's going on with the pandemic uh, and everything. That's, that's pretty much it. And uh, new president and all that stuff. Yeah, it's been been exciting times. It depends which side of the track you are, I suppose. But, you know, exciting times or worrying times, whichever way you look at it. A little uh, bit of both. But yeah. at, the, at the same time, I think either or would have been a worry. Yeah. <laughs> with the people over here, either or. I think yeah. that if we would have had a president, uh, uh, if Trump stayed president, there would have been riots and looting that what happened yeah. in America anyway. So I'm actually happy that that's gone. Yeah. 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 We don't get, I mean, we get quite sort of heated political races over here, I guess, but in a very British way, it's never really sort of that outwardly. I don't, I don't remember any riots over our results, just yeah. probably a bit of tutting here and there. You know? <laughs> so, it, was, it was, it was a dark time, man. It was yeah. a really dark time. Uh, thank God we're past it. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I try not to get too much into politics, especially overseas ones. But yeah. I, I was, I, I was a bit worried when he was in there. But this is just my opinion, obviously, listeners. You know, but um, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's, it's a little, a little more light on, you know, at the end of the tunnel. Hopefully. I mean, to be honest with you, it's not even worth the conversation because it, <laughs> it's the biggest argument that you'll ever have yeah. with Americans about who want you know who became president of the united states yeah in, in 2021 you know what i mean yeah. so it's to me i don't even i think you can't judge somebody by their political views that's no. my point of view no that's it and there's so much more to life which is why we're here really because we mm -hmm. are um we, we got a common bond you know both wrestling fans both wrestling podcasters now i'm quite interested um our, our little chat before we before we kicked in um we're from the same era so i'm quite interested to to sort of kick things off, talk about when it was that you became a wrestling fan. What was it that kind of got you know, hooked you in? Well, my my memory sometimes is a little foggy or whatever. I, I that's just me. Yeah. That's the type of person I am. But at the at the age of six, I had a really a really bad injury where it cut my face open really bad. Wow. And before that, like in school, I was the class clown. I was very popular, but by me getting this huge gate, like this huge scar on my face from an injury that I got from falling on glass when I was younger, mm. it, it, I almost died. Like my dad took me to the hospital and everything. So I basically memories wise there, I know my mom and dad always watch wrestling. So mm -hmm. I could be like three, four years old being in the wrestling. I had to sit there and watch it with them. Mm. I loved Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan really, he got me in touch. He got me to the point where when he lost at WrestleMania, mm -hmm. I forget which one it was to the Ultimate Warrior. Six. Yeah, yeah. I cried and I actually stopped paying attention to wrestling for a little a little while, like wow. maybe like maybe two to three years. Hulk Hogan taught me that when I was going to school and I went through a tough school, tough neighborhood, you know, you had to fight. You know, mm. somebody swung on you, you had to fight. Yeah. I would actually take punches like Hogan would, like when he was doing that comeback. Yeah, yeah. Start breathing heavily and everything and just saying, let's go. And 
So to, to me, wrestlers show me how to defend yourself, you know, gimmick wise, everything that they do. So mm-hmm. after that, I was hooked I'll, off and on over the years, like after the attitude era, I kind of fell off once the rock left. That's my favorite wrestler. Okay. Once he left, once Austin left and then John Cena started carrying stuff. I was yeah. like, not really into it. Like I missed a lot of John Cena, mm-hmm. but then when I started watching it again, because of my parents, I got right back into it, okay. but I've been a light. I'm a lifelonger. I've always loved WWF WWE. I was a huge WCW fan for a little while mm-hmm. when they were doing the Monday night wars, I was yeah. watching both shows. Yeah. I, I remember that we, um, it was, it was a little bit delayed here over in the UK. I think it was Friday nights. We got treated to nitro and raw. So they did line it up. They didn't play at the same time. So we could get away with actually watching one, then the other, which was quite nice for a time. And, um, but then, then when Nitro extended, yeah, that's when they started overlapping. So we had our own, our own version of that. It was, it was good times. Would you go, would you go back and forth on the TV, like channel, like if there's a commercial on USA or whatever network? Yeah. I used to cheat really. Cause, cause we had, uh, we had Sky TV and we had, I, I had my own like, receiver own box in my room so i used to video both <laughs> so, I, wish, I wish i did that yeah it was it was, it was it was a neat thing to be able to do i was probably spoiled you know having something like that so i i got the best of both but i i started off by watching the first hour i think of nitro maybe two hours before raw kicked in and then i went over to that so so you, you could say nitro was really just keeping keeping me warm until raw started to be fair. well what what happened to me was I was watching uh, WWE. I think at the time it was still WWF, was it? Mm-hmm. On the yeah. Night Wars. I turned to WCW because I hate watching commercials. That's just me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, duh, wrestling's on, on WCW. Let me turn into that. And then I okay. seen NWO. And I was like, oh, I, I kind of like this. This is, yeah. this is different. It's totally different. Like they started that. They started the true factions, WCW. I will yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah. And it was it was such a, a shocking way for them to really, you know, grab hold of of the WWF and say, you know, we're here, you know, and, and mm-hmm. we we've got you by the proverbials, I think, because when they turned Hogan um, It had to be a hell of a battle. It had yeah. to it, it had to be to where what are we gonna do now? What are we gonna mm-hmm. do now? WCW did this, we're doing exactly. this, yeah. how we do this. Like they, they were even saying that Austin was their Goldberg, you know, WWF was saying Austin's our Goldberg. And then uh, Chris Jericho came when he, he was basically being Shawn Michaels. Yes. You know what I mean? So when you look at it and I love that, I love the competition. I'm happy that AEW's around and stuff, you know? Yeah. I, I, for a long, 2000, it was probably 2000, 2001 was when I really dropped off. And I, I don't think it was much coincidence that that's obviously coincided when WCW went um because mm-hmm. i think the the it, the life got sucked out of it then and yeah thankfully now that that competition is back again it may not be quite as strong as it was before but at least there's something else it's a, it's amazing that they can't touch the attitude error yeah yeah i i'm i'm very much uh, and we'll get into this a bit because we've got got a little something we're going to play around with in a bit mm-hmm. but um i was very much a, like a new generation but i liked the attitude error um mm-hmm. But comparing the two, I think I, I really, I liked my wrestling to be, you know, not family friendly, but the sort of what I would class as the truer ones. When they started going, you know, really taking all the senses off, um, I kind of like, yeah, it was fun, but it wasn't what I grew up with. I suppose I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm stuck in that era. So yeah, the new generation for its faults is, is, is where, I, where my head still lives, mm-hmm. I think. No, more, no matter what they do, they'll never... They'll never get that back. No, they won't. And it's just because the wrestlers, I think, and it's so offensive to the wrestlers these days. I think the wrestlers back then had more pressure on them. Mm. Yeah. And to perform. And now it's like, oh, well, since those guys and attitude error and ruthless aggression picked us up, now mm. we're ahead. There's no WCW. Yeah. You know, so we have no competition. I think the fact that there's no competition is why you can't get that attitude error back. No, no, it was born out of that. Yeah, definitely. You could see that was that was the WWF's retaliation to mm-hmm. you know the ass kicking they got. It was a true. Like it, it was a true fight. It was mm. a true, actual fight. Network battles. Uh, you got 
and sports wise, you can't even do that battle. No, you can't. It's just with them. It was WWF against WCW, and yeah. you had tons of fans that loved them both. Yeah. You know? yeah. So I was mad at Vince when he bought the company. Yeah. And then didn't let them stay. Yeah. Now I I've done a um a few weeks ago I released an episode where me and another guy we looked at the fall of WCW which was a lot of fun but we had to leave it because we were starting to get into the invasion stuff and that's a whole other show mm-hmm. as to what went wrong you know because I don't think there was anything right with it to be fair I think they they had so much potential there and really it was Vince's way of basically showing he was on top and WCW was always inferior so basically within a few months let's just completely erase the memories by just burying these guys. Yeah. they yeah. And they did, they did yeah. bury them. And it was, it was only, I think because of the talent that Vince was able to, I mean, Vince paid a lot of money for that talent. Mm. So yeah. I think Vince was like, well, I have the money to do it. So does WCW. They had the money to do it too. Mm. And Vince was just as if like, well, then I'll spend the money because in the future, I'm not going to have a competition. Yeah. And I think that was his goal. It, it worked out, don't get me wrong, but at the same time, there were, you you probably lost wrestling fans in general hmm. that might have might have went to the indies, wanted to watch the indies more and all that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. I think the beautiful thing about the the WWF WCW rivalry was it was brewing for years as well. It was simmering. You know, WWF was always slightly in front, WCW lagging behind, and all of a sudden it shifted and it was almost like WCW's way of fighting back over all those years that they were kept down. I don't think we, I can't see a promotion at the moment really being able to compete that closely to have that kind of slow burn rivalry with them because, you know, they're just streets ahead still. It seems, it seems to me like WWE has a a different kind of, I, I guess some kind of training and not only that, when they're when they're when they're live how wrestlers act when there's a live show because mm. they they liked it like i i watch in the i i see a lot of indies now because i'm uh, sponsored by an acpw mm-hmm. okay. and uh, those those guys when i'm watching them do their wrestling and how they're setting up their storylines and everything it's all wrestling's the same when they do that but WWE just they got their guys trained to the point where their chemistry in the ring is is above all. I've seen yeah. I see mistakes now, but yeah. man, it's just they know how to pause and take breaths. Yeah. And, and that's what people don't understand. Like you can't just continuously have a ton of different stuff going on in the ring. You gotta have where wrestlers get to catch their breath. Yeah. And yeah. usually catching the breath, looking at the crowd, talking trash. The yeah. guy's laying in the corner. You talk trash to him. Mm. Maybe you just walk over and you give him a break just by punching him in the head while he's on the ground. But really, he's just standing there and he's cool. Like yeah. he's getting his breath back so he can come back for his flurry. Yeah. And I think that's the main thing that a lot of people don't appreciate about wrestling because they seem like they it's almost like they think the UFC style to where the guys are just continuously going at each other. And that's yeah. not wrestling. And in wrestling, I always tell people where if you throw a guy into the rope, strike him once, strike him twice. You got to stun him. Yeah. And some wrestlers don't do that. They just want to get into the scripted thing that they want to do. That's and back it. in the Attitude Era, you couldn't do that. No, no, no. I mean, I, I tried watching. I, I don't watch a lot of the new stuff. i got to admit, I, I kind of seen a few AEW shows here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, but Ring of Honor, I, I discovered... Um, the villain Marty Skrull. I've, I've I've mentioned him a few times, sort of on other episodes. I, mm-hmm. I met him when he came locally for a Global Force Wrestling show with Jeff Jarrett some years ago, and I knew of him from a, a program that was around that. Um, I think TNA at the time were running British Boot Camp. They were trying to find the next British star for TNA, um, and Marty Skrull was on there. But this is way before he had the villain um, persona. And then when I met him, I realized who he was. And and then from that day, when I that I've, I first witnessed the villain um, character live, I was kind of like, this is the guy who harks back to almost the old school characters that I loved when I was growing up. And it seemed quite new, quite different in this day and age. So it kind of, I, I discovered some Ring of Honor stuff like last year when I was sort of going back through his career. And that, 
I appreciate what they do, but it's so much, you can see the spots being, um, being lined up in the match. It, it doesn't really seem to flow almost, you know, what's coming because they're just doing so much that they've already rehearsed. And it's, it's the same match to match, which, you know, it's, it's impressive, their athleticism and everything, but it's kind of lost that as much realism as you could have, I suppose, with pro wrestling. Um, you know, I don't. I don't feel they tell the story quite the same like they used to. Well, see, back back in the day when they had all the the house shows and everything, mm. they would they would go off script house yeah. shows because it, it had nothing to do with what was going on with the live shows. You know, yeah. Raw being at the arenas and everything. So wrestlers got a chance to try things out. Sometimes mm. house show stuff actually would carry over still. Like some titles, not many have actually been won at house shows. Mm. And the, the thing is, is it gave the wrestlers a chance to maybe if they weren't doing too well on the live role shows, mm. that if the crowd reacted to a, a different kind of gimmick that they did, that they could push forward. So the house show was almost like them interviewing, not mm. for a new position yeah. in the WWE. They're all wrestlers, don't get me wrong, but house shows didn't move up a lot of wrestlers. Like Stone Cold Steve Austin said, I didn't want to miss a house show. Hmm. And he said, I, it's not because of the enjoyment of wrestling. Cause I wanted to see my family, but I didn't want no one to jump ahead of me. Oh, fair dude. Yeah. No, I can understand and, that. And you don't have that now. You don't No, No, <laughs> it's, it's funny. You, you mentioned like title changes at house shows. That was something that always fascinated me because that to me was just, if I was sort of gravitating towards, you know, this is quite predictable. I can see what's coming or so-and-so is going to win there. If you, in a, like a, one of the weekly shows, if you had an announcement that a title had changed hands and it wasn't on TV, all of a sudden it felt like, whoa, you know, these things can actually happen. Yeah, that you know, that there may be more, you know, more realism to this than I thought. You know, was it a fluke? What happened? And it, it's just enough to kind of didn't happen very often, like you say, but it's just enough to kind of just bring you back in to say, okay, this isn't as predictable as you thought. Have you ever tried any and tried to get into wrestling at all? Like try to like maybe manage or no, or like not never. I tried. Uh, I didn't try it, but I'll tell you. Good. You got a story or anything or no? You got anything or just a no? Just a no. No, I I I always wanted. I always dreamt about you know becoming a wrestler and that when I was younger. Mm -hmm. It was you know it's all I all I kind of thought about. I got so close that when I was at university. Um, and I was away from home. I, I was hours away from getting on a train to go to a wrestling school in the, in the North of England. And I bottled it. I, I just thought I'm not going to be any good, you know, and it's going to be tough. And I just talked myself out of it. And I, I do regret that, but I just kind of, you know, that was, that was enough for me to. How old were you? Uh, 18, I think 18, 19. I was, I was, uh, I was 17 going on 18. And I, I told my parents that, and my dad's like, that's a pipe dream. Mm -hmm. and it, it did cost money don't get me wrong and i had to leave my family and i i guess because i looked up so much to my dad i was like you know what he's right you know mm -hmm. it's gonna be tough i regret it too yeah, yeah. <laughs> i regret it too i after watching guys wrestle because like i was telling you like i i was almost about to get into like a a managing kind of commentary being okay. thing and when that camera gets in front of you, man, mm. it, it, you need time. Like they, they yeah. threw me into it to where I wasn't ready, but I kind of started to get into it. Mm. But I've watched WWF and WWE and WCW for so many years that I almost started to think about their slogans, yeah. their lines. Mm. And it was difficult because every time uh, my co-host and I, uh, Tony Styles, we always mess around with saying wrestler lines on our show and stuff. Right. So I immediately got into that comfortable zone and they're like, no, 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 you can't do any kind of WWE references. And I was like, okay, what are they saying for me then? Oh. I'm just going to stick to doing my podcast, <laughs> you know, and that's it. Yeah. It's tough though, because I was just at a live show and a guy was giving a really good speech in the ring mm. and the wrestlers behind the scenes. And I was like, yeah, man, I felt like that was an episode of Tough Enough. And the, the whole room <laughs> got quiet. Oh, really? So apparently it's a cardinal sin to, to bring up WWE to Indies guys. I'm like, huh? 
Isn't this where you want to? Isn't this where you want to go? Exactly. Isn't that what got you interested? You know, as much as you could stay loyal to, you know, if you were a territory guy back in sort of, you know, seventies, eighties, and whatever, you always it was always the big ones that really hooked you in. I, I, I don't think you can ever deny that. It, it's it's tough because the the indies guys, their main goal obviously is to make it to the WWE, mm. but to sit there and try to take that talk away. I mean, to me, that's more of a, that's more of a a motivational thing. Yeah. Like if I were that guy in Evergreen, I heard that I don't care if everybody got quiet. I would have been like, hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's what this is all about. Wrestling's family. Wrestling is family. And, but I'd learn one thing though with the Indies is they are their family. They are not like, there's a few of the wrestlers that I talk to that are WWE fans and Mm -hmm. AEW and all that. And they grow up the attitude era when they're my age and stuff. But I guess when it's getting hardcore and they're like talking and stuff, you can't bring up anything. WWE. And that's (laughs) me. I I showed up to one of the first things with a damn rock hoodie on. And that was apparently (laughs) that wasn't a good idea. It's it's funny though, no, I, you can understand, I suppose, the mentality. They 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 want their own their own identity and everyone within them to be really, you know, fully pro them, I suppose. But you you, you can't deny where the inspirations come from. They always come from. Well, it's the thing is, is I I feel like you got to be true to yourself. Yeah. If yeah. Vince McMahon was like out eating and you seen him and you're in the Indies, mm. are you really gonna badmouth him? No, you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna pitch that you're a good wrestler. And <laughs> yeah. You're a fan of WWE, and he's done a, such a great job. Absolutely. But what Vince ain't, but but some but some of those guys, they I guess they feel as if like the WWE is the enemy. Mm. Yeah, exactly, exactly. They're, they're, they're like keeping the, they're keeping wrestling going. They are, yeah. I mean, they, whether whether you you're a fan of like the new stuff or not, because mm-hmm. you know, they have gone in. A totally different direction they are somehow keeping themselves relevant you know throughout all this you know they they were they the first ones to to start carrying on without a crowd i think yeah um, yeah so yeah. and 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 that's been carried on by others you know down the line so yeah you can't take that away from them so anyway let's have some fun let's have some fun let's go <laughs> i'm looking forward to this this is this is a i definitely want to come back on i tell you that yeah no that's this gonna be good no 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 i'll be well yeah. up for that um this is a topic that i've been i've been wanting to do for a while and i was going to do it on my on a solo show but this is going to be a lot more fun so everyone you know in the wrestling world or fans or whatever they all talk about their mount rushmore you know narrowing it down to four superstars who they feel you know, it, for for whatever reason they they think they are the sport. When you think of pro wrestling, these are the guys that they associate with it that they feel should be up there. It's almost like gods. So, so we're going to discuss our own. But um, to sweet to to kind of give it a little bit of a twist, it is it is our Mount Rushmores of WWF champions. So we're going to have one world champion. We're going to have one Intercontinental Champion, and then we're going to have two spots for the Tag Team Champions. So each of us, I think, has, has come armed with our choices. So we're going to, we're going to see, see how we compare. So um, I'll give you the floor first. If you want to start sort of, you know, in no particular order, but start with the, I don't know, the Tag Teams. Shall we? Shall we go? Sort of, you know. Yeah, we'll go. Ba- we'll we'll go back and forth. <laughs> yeah. I would say mine would be LOD Legion of Doom. Okay. The Road yeah. Warriors, Animal and Hawk, just because I've never seen a tag team come down to the ring to where the whole, like the whole arena, wherever the hell they were, house shows, you name it, yeah. people coming to shows dressed, you know, having the shoulder pads on, yeah. the makeup. They were they were amazing and. They really never had solo careers. And that, that's, that's what I really went by. I went by that those guys needed that. Like, I thought about the New Day. Mm-hmm. I like the New Day. They're like the newer wrestlers. Mm-hmm. I, I thought about Edge and Christian. I thought yeah. about the Hardy Boys, you know. Yeah. But it just to me, I think LOD, like, they, they just controlled the yeah. tag team division. That's that's my opinion. Cool. Well, that, that's interesting, actually. So we ha- we haven't agreed on this one. Okay, um, but um, I uh, I've picked probably the most closely um, compared 
team to them, which is Demolition. Demolition, yes. So, I mean, mainly I think, yes, you know, they were, until the New Day came along anyway, they were, you know, the record setting, you know, longest reigning champions. Um, But for me, when I first got into it, they were the first tag team champions I saw. I got into it in 91, but I started off by watching um, pay-per-views from like 88, 89. So, you know, it was demolition work. Survivor Series 88 was the first thing I saw. So the first thing you see on that tape, on the UK release anyway, is that 10-team tag match. And I just remember them coming in and as a, as a kid, they scared the hell out of me and they pummeled the life out of everyone. And I think they, they really, they're the only team I could think of um lod were, were close close to being my pick but they were the ones that really for me if you think about tag team who who made the tag team championship mean something edge and christian dudley's hardy's i i was hovering over that side as well but then i thought by that point i think the tag team titles were flip-flopping too much you know you have teams that have got like seven eight time reigns or something and, and what i loved about back in you know, the late 80s, early 90s, is the teams were more dominant, I felt. And yeah, I suppose they, they just always have that spot for me that they were the first ones I knew. And I kind of use them as my yardstick. So, yeah, I was I was up in the air big time about picking the tag. <laughs> I was up in the air about all of them. Mm. And when you hear all my things is I even go with my champion before we get to that. Mm. I even went to the point where I was just like, I got to pick him. I got to pick him. But then I wound up not. You know what I mean? Because yeah, yeah, I got yeah. to, like you just said, Demolition, you know, that's their first tag team, right? That you yeah. really got into. LOD was mine. Yeah. So, <laughs> what, so, so what, what is your opinion then on WWF's attempt at the, the Demolition LOD rivalry in the late 90s? It's, it, I think it's what the crowd wanted. It was. They, they, went, they went by the fans, I think. Yeah, I, I just... I kind of felt they could have done a lot more with it. It was unfortunate timing, I think, because when they brought them in, they didn't, I mean, Axe was on his way out and Crush never, never filled that spot properly. Um, you could have made them a faction. You could have made them all together. I mean, they were very, very yeah. similar. Yeah. They yeah, would have been, been they dominated. <laughs> I guess, I guess, I guess if they were in the later, like the Attitude Era, then they, they would have probably been a faction. Yeah, yeah, that would have been awesome to see, actually. But but yeah, I, I looking back on it, there was so much again, like we discussed the, the the invasion angle. There's so much potential there, and I think it was brewing for quite a while when LOD were in uh, the NWA of WCW, and people it's that comparison going back and forth between. And it and then was also it. it was the music too back then. Yeah, they yeah. and 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 there and there was a the people that followed that music, they were in all that. Like you had a. Uh, what the hell? I yeah yeah the with the kiss, yeah, yeah. kiss with yeah. with with their makeup and everything. And so I think that those people really bonded to them more than anything because like it was like a well WWE doesn't do that anymore. But but yeah. man, during the Attitude Era, even ruthless aggression, it was yeah. like if you look at the Undertaker with he had Limp Biscuit yeah coming yeah. out to it and everything. Yeah. So I think that it got to that point where it was like music was actually blending in mm. with the, with the wrestling. And I think that during LOD and, and demolition, it was not necessarily the sound of music, mm. but it was the look. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they went for man. Definitely. Definitely. Got some action. I don't think you could be any, any entrance. Man uh, Max too. You know, the movie man Max. Yeah. The shoulder pads, LOD, and everything. Yeah, that's like, right. Yeah, it's, wrestling always. They do it right now. Wrestling. They, 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 yeah. they don't find. That's the thing. They don't find gimmicks like that no more. Like yeah. by movies. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Indies do though. Indies still do. I mean, I, the, I, the indies do. I, I think sort of. If you go down to the indies, you've got a lot more, a lot more superstars and people in the back that appreciate the older way. You know old school you know. yeah the, the I, new I, I, gimmicks are basically characters that are themselves but with a twist yeah where back then they they were just something totally different like you yeah. had you had the bushwhackers <laughs> you, know, you had hacksaw jim duggan with his yeah. two by four you had yeah. a ton of shit and now you can't really say what a guy's gimmick is anymore no like my, my co-host always says it's recycled it is yeah, I, I've heard, I don't know if it's on one of your shows, maybe, that um, 
it's, there's nothing new anymore because even when you can bring up you know things that WCW were doing with the NWO or, or Degeneration X Y, it harks back to something else or the fact that that started that trend. So anything they do later on that's meant to be shocking, well, it's already been done. You know, you, you can't surprise anyone anymore. Right. Which is um, which is a shame. I was going to say that um, I I don't think entrance wise anyone is ever going to be LOD's entrance at SummerSlam '92. <laughs> on, the, uh, on, on the Harleys with yeah, fine. Paul Ellering with his dummy is a bit of an odd one, but they, they were the innovators with yeah. that stuff. That that exciting entrance. I think Triple yeah. H tried it. Forget what WrestleMania it was, but when he came out with all the the skulls. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the, the mechanical whatever the hell it was, dude. That was pretty awesome. But you yeah. can see that it was overdone. Yes, it was definitely overdone. Yeah. Yeah, all LOD were doing at that. I think SummerSlam 92, and that's not just because I'm a Brit and it's one of my favourite pay-per-views, not just because it was over here. But I think the fact that Wembley Stadium allowed itself to have such an entranceway, you know, The Undertaker could have his hearse in there, you know, LOD could come to the ring on Harleys and it was, you know, it, it was it was the venue for epic entrances or the place to have them anyway. So, moving on then. So, Moving up the card, the Intercontinental Champion. You have to go first on this one. So <laughs> I, I went first. You got to go first on okay. this one. Okay. Now, now, the next two, I, I was quite certain on my tag teams. I, I It wasn't really much. I'm in an now, now it started to get more difficult because I had someone in mind, but I have changed him the more I've thought about it. So I was going to go Mr. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Again, you'll notice I'm probably staying in a similar kind of era, but I, I felt that was when the, the IC title again meant something, you know, he was one of those that, that really elevated it. I think in, in terms of it wasn't, it didn't feel like just a secondary title. He, he really gave some class to it, mm-hmm. but I think what I'll have to settle on is Shawn Michaels. It's a good one. <laughs> I get, he was one of my favorites growing up. Um, I didn't really, even though I liked the fact that he had a, a face run, with the IC title in 95, it was really his heel runs. I thought he was phenomenal. He was at his peak in sort of 92, 93, 94. Um, and again, following on from what Mr. Perfect did, I think Mr. Perfect didn't really have a long enough reign, in my opinion. But Shawn Michaels, he had some really memorable moments with that title and the ways he used to weasel out of his matches. And again, it felt important, which I think it's probably lost a little bit or a lot sort of since then yeah. what have you got i i went with i was up in the air i was thinking i was thinking the miz i really was i was thinking the miz man yeah because when the miz came out and he was presenting the intercontinental title you thought he was the wwe champion very true yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the way he did it yeah but i i would say probably chris jericho mm-hmm. okay yeah and He's basically Shawn Michaels, like that's <laughs> what they told him to do. Yeah. But I watched uh, I watched the interview with him and Stone Cold Steve Austin, and he had ten gimmicks already set up before he even went into wrestling training, like actual. Oh, okay. Like he, he still wrestled in the gym with his buddies and stuff. Mm-hmm. So he had a little. He said he had a little bit of like knowledge of. He had total knowledge of wrestling, but he just didn't know how to take bumps in an actual ring. Sure. Never been in the ring, but he had the gimmicks down because he knew that you needed that to be a wrestler. So he was ready to keep pitching and pitching and pitching. He had 10 gimmicks down already. And then once he became the champion, the IC champion, he was basically like the champion. Yeah. Like Jericho made it seem like, well, screw, screw the highest champion right now. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm the champion. The IC belt means something. That's, and, and that's, I think, the similarity between, I mean, you mentioned The Miz and Shawn Michaels and, Mr. and you know, Miss Perfect that I, I talked about. That's the same quality they all had, I mm-hmm. feel, is that they really did make that title important. Um, yeah, Bret Hart did as well. But I think the fact that he then, he went past that. Bret Hart definitely did. I, I so associate him more probably with the world title than the Intercontinental one, but... Um, but, With yeah. the Bret Hart situation, to me, I used to love Bret Hart. I loved mm-hmm. him my whole life. But after getting to know him now as an older guy mm-hmm. and the way he puts certain wrestlers down, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's almost like me and you. We both do a podcast. Mm-hmm. But if I were, if you were Bret Hart, either one of us, we would be somewhat 
basically criticizing one another. Yeah. Because that's how Bret Hart was. Like, he totally put so many wrestlers down, man. Yeah. Like, like, how could you do that? You know? How could you get mad? Like, they asked you to lose the title mm. to Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels is, you just said, you know, the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. But he didn't want to give that up. What do you mean, yeah. Brett? You don't run the shit. You don't run uh, the show. Yeah, and but- the fact that he was telling Vince he didn't want to lose, well, that's why Vince had to screw you. And then after that, you knock, you punch Vince in the face? Yeah. I, I know. I, I still don't know what to think about that whole situation. Disrespect, bro. Just yeah, disrespect. yeah, yeah. It's, I, I, I don't see what good it would have done for him to have held on to the belt just because it was in Canada and then lose it the next night. You got to move. Listen, yeah. the thing the thing is, is uh, to be a true, true wrestler and to be great for the locker room, which Undertaker was. Mm. Undertaker definitely was. Undertaker never needed a title. No. You know, that's what people don't understand. That dude yeah. comes out, crowds cheering whether he has a title or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he could, he could put anybody over. Anybody. Yeah. You know, because he was such a badass. You know, but guys like R- Rock and Austin, they needed titles. Yeah. Or they needed to be going for it. They needed mm. to be in the run for it. Mm. So I, I think that when, when, it, when it comes down to the, the greats, the greats didn't necessarily need a title. No, I'll tell you with that. Actually, with, with talking about The Undertaker, you're thinking about it. Because I thought this at the time. You know, I know he had like a, a, a three or four day run with the world title um, just after Survivor Series 91. But then how many years did he go and how big did he get without ever winning that he's one of those guys man yeah yeah it was almost it's almost like he by the time wrestlemania 13 came around he paid his dues and they were like it's your turn now whether he needed it or not is debatable um but it was good to see him back up there after you know doing that whole that whole thing for so many years it's uh did you like the american badass gimmick i didn't not really no i was very much a fan of the dead man you know i know that kind of morphed in sort of you know, 98, when he became, he started becoming a little bit more, you know, he dropped the mystique, I suppose. And then when he picked up the Ministry of Darkness thing, it kind of come back again. But no, I, I, I didn't like them. I, he wasn't the Undertaker, really, if he right. wasn't playing the Dead Man character to me, you know. But, uh, what about you? I mean, it was a, with the Undertaker, I think, as I liked it at first because it, mm. it showed a different side of him. Mm. And I liked it during the whole time. But when he came back as the Undertaker, I was like, "Now I know. Yeah. Now, I, now I get it. Yeah. Now I get it that this is who he is. Yeah. He doesn't need to talk. No, he, he just kicks ass. He, he did. Gets <laughs> his love, ass kicked too, though. He, he does, and he didn't mind that in the later, you know, in, in the later years. I think he he knew because he was doing it less and less anyway. He 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 didn't need um to win. You know, I mean, to be fair, he had his fair share of losses in his first time around. You know, he wasn't averse to losing. You know, most of 96, he was on the losing end to like mankind and that really. Um, so, put, you know, putting especially newcomers over and you've got to respect that because I don't think, you know, Hulk Hogan definitely didn't do that as often as he should have done. That's a whole other discussion for another time. Yeah, de- I mean, definitely. Hulk Hogan... Uh, growing up watching him, I didn't even know that wrestling already had the winners picked and everything. So I was yeah. so young. Mm. So when I watched Hogan, to me, he was like a damn superhero. Yeah. But when I got to know more and more about wrestling and everything, I could totally agree with what you just said. Mm. Yeah, Totally agree with what you just said. Hogan was – Hogan didn't have many moves in that ring. No. He, he kind of dished out for a bit. He took it for a bit. Then he had this, it was, it was the same blueprint every time. And I same thing, you know, I, I don't see how that carried on for so long, but well, there was no he, one else who could really take it. I suppose he, Hogan got that thing where I guess he, he was just like larger than life. He used to say largest arms in the world and all that. Mm-hmm. And the crowd backed him. So yeah. I think once the crowd backed him, Vince or whoever was like, I don't know, was Vince still running shit? Or was it kind of like it was still his I his whole I, family in general? Was he? Yeah, the main I, I I think he's always been the one to make. Okay. Yeah, nothing nothing kind of goes nothing goes yeah. without going past him. Sort of Hogan thing. had an amazing song. I mm. think it's the best song I've ever heard in wrestling. Yeah. I am a real, when I heard that that that. Yeah. 
I went nuts. I was, <laughs> I was, I was like jumping up and down in my house, going crazy. Hogan coming out, and I just, I just remembered how that crowd got, just like I did. Yeah, he ran, he ran it. But the thing is, is that was the WWF did that for him. Yeah, and then yeah. they got him in the movies, and then they still they they didn't succeed with that. Turns yeah. out that the guy wasn't a good actor. No. <laughs> Thunder in Paradise. <laughs> oh, need we discuss? I, I quite liked Suburban Commando when I was growing up. I was but, eight, eight so, years old. But Hogan did start yeah. the the wrestling success. Mm. Wrestlers' success. Yeah. Rick Flair didn't do it. Sting didn't do it. Hogan no. started it. You know? Yeah. Hogan definitely started it. As as much as you, you know, what your thoughts are about him, yeah. You you again, not one of those facts you can easily deny because shows that someone was on top when they all turned around and it was i'd say gimmick wise hogan is he's probably number number two or three mm. yeah but not as wrestler i mean if you just go straight wrestling no oh no 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 no, no. definitely not so your boy Shawn michaels is is up there when it comes down to straight wrestling yeah, Seth Rollins. I don't know. Do you know Seth Rollins? I, a little bit. Yeah, I haven't seen a lot of him. Very yeah. similar to Shawn Michaels. He's one of the. It's like that recycle thing that you know. Yeah, yeah. My host and I talk about. But yeah. I think when I think when it came down to it, if you notice, Hogan pretty much got the Undertaker started. Yes. No. Yeah. So that's wrestling. Yeah. They got this kind of hidden agenda to where one great guy gets mm. another guy to become great. Yeah, yeah, it's a passing of the torch kind of thing, even if it's not happening in the ring between them, sort of thing, you know. It's, uh, so that might bring us, oh, by the way, on an Undertaker um, subject, I was going to say, actually, again, a little bit like I did with LOD, the entrance the Undertaker made the first time he came out of the American Badass is still one of my favorite moments, as much as I didn't like that gimmick. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, because I didn't expect it and certainly didn't expect it. No one did. On the bike. So, no you one know, did. it was, it was it's still. Still it blew me away. Why two J's one too was amazing. Ah, uh, yeah. I, if if we were to, like, this is probably another show. Like you know, debuts yeah. or entrances. That I think was perfection. Yeah, we'll say we'll say that for we'll say yeah, that. For yeah, yeah. That's that's the next one. So, yeah. so moving on then, top of the tree, the world champions on our own Mount Rushmore's. Who have you got? That was the that was the toughest one, man. Yeah, I, re- I really wanted to go rock. Okay. I really wanted to go with Rock, but uh, thinking about it over and over again, I see a guy that stuck with wrestling longer, still is involved with it, loved it, when, especially when I watched his documentary and everything. I have to go with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Okay, cool. Good I wanted Hogan, but Austin single-handedly, not single-handedly, he had help, but he, without him, they wouldn't have been able to do it. No. Rock wouldn't have been who he was without Austin. So no. I think Austin is the reason why WWE is where they are today. Fair enough. No, good choice. Good choice. And I, I had a similar dilemma. Again, gone for someone different. So it's interesting. To That's great. Comparison. But I, I, was, I was kind of like, who can have a Mount Rushmore without Hogan on it? You know, because you again just well, like we, Hogan like, was mine, but I went yeah. by strictly, like, I agree. Hogan was mine now. He yeah. was. I, I was kind of like, he should be on there, but then it, it, it's my one, so <laughs> I could be selfish. Yeah, sure. I, yeah. I, he's not, I didn't resonate with me. I grew up, yeah, I was kind of, the Hulk Hogan thing was, I would say, forced on me because when I first got into it, his face was on everything. So everything I was bought, as soon as my family knew I was into wrestling, it was Hogan action figures, pictures, posters, and everything. So I, I never really bought it. Or I, he didn't really connect. I didn't connect with him. So mm-hmm. the, the, the guy that I've put on mine, Again, we've we've just been talking slightly negatively about him, but for reasons I, I I'll explain. It's Bret Hart. Bret Hart. He, if you listen to any of my other shows where I've gone back in time, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels were really my childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, they they were my yeah. heroes back then. But it's not just for that. It's the fact that I think they needed someone. For me, he was the first one that broke the mold that the Hogan being the man. Mm-hmm. He was the one that that started the new generation and the appreciation of having the smaller guys, the more exciting guys to watch at the top. Um, I loved his first run. I, I, I was gutted when he lost it at WrestleMania, especially then what they did with Hogan. Um, but, you know, I don't know. He, 
he for me my favorite reign of his was 94 i thought he was like a hero coming back he won the title at wrestlemania he had this family feud with owen which was brilliant um the, the, the shock again of the title loss to bob backland which i didn't see coming but he was the most believable he was the one that i invested in most emotionally i guess mm-hmm. um yes. his 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 later reign his last reign what I, I wasn't a fan of it really not the way he went over the undertaker and then the whole you know montreal thing but no it's particularly those at those early ones from 92 to 94 he, he was he was the man he really changed the face of wrestling for me made it more exciting because he was the he 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 sent it in a different direction you know okay Okay, so who would you have? All right, so now we'll go. Who would you have feuding? Feuding. <laughs> feuding for, like, like. so he's your champion. Mm. Who would you have feuding with him? To, to be fair, I'm not just saying this. I One of his right, okay, you'll have to narrow it down to two. One of his rivalries right. I absolutely loved, obviously. You can't deny Shawn Michaels one was, mm-hmm. there was real mm-hmm. heat there. But I think, real. again, the, the best one to watch was what he had with Steve Austin. And I think the fact that they never really feuded for the title, right? Brett was champion is, is such a shame. Fire. So it our champions are feuding. That's all. Yeah, awesome. I think so. I think that'd be awesome. And down down the bottom end, demolition and LOD, you know, quite similar. They could have at the at a better time. I think they could have had a hell of a um, a hell of a rivalry, you know, than what they had. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, in ring competing, though, yeah, Bret Hart. Yeah. Bret Hart is what got. You know, Shawn Michaels, you know, currently now Seth Rollins, all those guys that I would say his body structure, Mm. because they all they all go after that same body structure. All of them, Mm. you know, even Benoit did it, too. You know what I mean? They all had that Eddie Guerrero. Yeah, I mean, they had that body structure and it works. It still works till this day in wrestling. If you look at the envy, there's a lot of guys that. Like they'll have like the long hair or whatever. Mm. They'll have the pants on, yeah. you know, and they just and they had the knee pads. Even yeah. their boots, if you notice, a lot of them they had like the same kind of boots. And it's like that's because of Bret Hart, man. Yeah, Bret Hart, yeah. Shawn Michaels types. You know what I mean? It's it just sent it off. The, it was almost like they reached a point with the, the Hogan era where it, it, the fans weren't really buying it anymore. And I think it was it was perfectly timed to just give him that shot. Get SummerSlam again. That year, I think was pin- it was was a real pivotal point because you get the IC title off of Brett in one of the best matches ever, and you build him back up and you yeah, put the world was. title on him. Suddenly, everyone's invested in it. They're not arguing the fact that a smaller guy shouldn't be there. You know, he's, yeah, yeah. That was that was really uh, that that's where it really got interesting for me is, is when that dynamic changed. Well, I would have to have austin few with the rock i would have ah to. of course yeah you, you can't do that one i mean that we talk, <laughs> talk about the attitude era i mean those two without it there wouldn't have been one really i don't think but, uh, now lod is a tough one because i probably would have them feud with your tag team so i'm thinking cool. that they're, they'd be the only ones that would even stand a chance probably i mean all, all the other t- i mean edge and christian no you couldn't not against LOD. No. <laughs> no. Larger than life wrestlers like that, man, is, is tough to yeah. compete against. You would have to almost take two big guys mm. and just make them. An- oh, wait. There you go. Brothers of Destruction. I would, uh. <laughs> I, I would probably have Kane and The Undertaker probably go up against LOD. That would be fire. Or wow. even your demolition. That would I mean? be awesome. Well, why don't we make it triple threat matches? Brothers of Destruction, oh, Demolition, triple LOD. At, at the top, we got Brett, wow. Brett Austin, and The Rock. Wow. <laughs> See that? It's but the th- the funny thing is, what wrestling is, is that we continuously take more guys from back. We didn't even bring anybody up from now. No. See, see what no. I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm not wholly familiar with them, but I don't think you can beat that that era you know i refer to it as the golden era because for me it really i it's never been beat you know you think social media kind of like destroyed it maybe maybe because you you had again you had the the drama the intrigue and that was more there because you only had one way of finding out what was happening you know there was no there was hardly any 
avenues for leaking any information or just oversaturating it as well, probably. Um, yeah, it's definitely played its part, I would say. So if you had Austin and Bret Hardcore against each other, which one's the heel? It's got to be Bret, isn't it, really? I think. I think yeah? I, yeah, I think so. But I, Austin's I, still himself, though, like kind of I still that he, face he can, that's a, a badass. Yeah, yeah, because he's always going to be the, the middle of the road. He's never going to be but one Brett's going to win a lot. Brett's going to win a lot. Brett's going to win a lot in that. If he's the heel, Brett's going to win a lot. Yeah. I think he's going to take advantage of any situation he can in that ring. Their feud really lit up when they did that swerve at um, WrestleMania 13 because I, I enjoyed their Survivor Series match in 96. That was more kind of – it's more scientific. It was like as close as you can get to a wrestling match in those days. And then it really got brutal once then they switched sides and then you got the Heart Foundation back together. And yeah, you know, it was it was just more of a fight, wasn't it? For those months. So it's uh no, this is this has been amazing, mate. I thought I, I was I was hoping, man, because me and you never met face to face. We never even <laughs> talked. No, 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 this will be the first time, mate. This is this has been so much fun that we definitely do it again definitely do it again we'll 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 decide you know what we'll probably come up with a few ideas even in this show oh yeah but you know let's let's take the time now to you know we've had some we've had a a, a great talk we've we've set the world to rights let's tell the listeners more about you um and your and your show really so so when did it um just tell us you know what you guys do what you focus on how it came about where we can find you Okay, well, it came about. I was, I was wait, I was, I was waiting to see if you were to ask that, just because I'll ask you where yours came from after that. Okay, cool. but basically, my buddy and I always, you know, we get together, we have a few beers, just hang out, and we just talk wrestling all the time. Like, what's going on here? What's there? What what storyline do you think they're going there? And and just over and over again. And I already was on the podcast uh, with my uh, buddies over the Patterson F fanatics. I'm not there anymore, but I was there before that. And I love talking sports. And I'm like, wait a minute. I love talking wrestling too. Why not start a podcast? And then he was like, oh yeah, I'll do it. And he'd never done it before. So he was really nervous and everything because it's different. Hmm. Talking wrestling is a lot different than talking sports. Wrestling, I would say, has a lot more content, a lot more. And you better... Better not. You can be off. That's the thing. But you can interpret a storyline differently than somebody else, and that's okay. With sports, it's a little different. And not only that, me and him always we bust each other stones, you know. So we're always. I mean, you've heard a few of our shows. We, I bust his stones more than anything. He's (laughs) not really a good ball buster. He tries his best. But uh, we started it up, and when we first started it, it was like a joke. Right. It was like, let's just record ourselves, like, talking wrestling and then, you know, see what happens. Awesome. And then my, my buddy got a hold of it, and he was like, I think you really might have something here, Will. And then after that, we just kept doing an episode each week. Like, that was the plan, but we didn't know fully that we would get a little better each time. Mm. And we really did get better each time. And then I had Indies wrestlers, you know, that I started to reach out to that really, you know, would do interviews with me and stuff. So we got that going. And then after that, my buddy said, you know what? Uh, let's start a network. That's now called old city sports network. You know, you could go to oldcitysports.com. That's old spell with an A O L D E city sports.com. And now we're, we're on there. We have a four for four show we have on there. That's Philly sports. We have a basketball podcast that talks about the NCAA and the NBA. We have a flyer show, which he already brought over. That's when was my buddy that started a network. That's called Flyers Alley. And they talk all flyers. They have, we have an NHL show, uh, Beauty Bust or something like that. I don't know the full name of it, but you can find it on the Old City Sports. So getting past that, uh, it's, called our back, it's called Backstabbers. The reason why we spelled it wrong was because we're idiots. That's what we do. We're, 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 that's what we go by, you know? People go, oh, why is it spelled wrong? I'm like, well, first of all, couldn't get the regular backstabbers, you know? So we figure we put a little twist on it. Cool. And basically, it's because we backstab each other. 
Okay. And then we'll mispronounce wrestlers' names all the time. <laughs> that's, that, that's fun that we do. Yeah. And you can, hey, once you go to the Facebook group page, you can find all of our shows on there on Old City Sports. Then you can go to Backstabbers itself, the Facebook group. And that's a public page, so anybody can join up there, you know, or get the invite sent to them. And we're sponsored by ACPW. That's American Championship Pro Wrestling. And I mean, that that's, that's basically it that I have for that. I mean, we basically cover raw and SmackDown. Sometimes we, we started off doing one episode after each and got to be too much. So now we just try to fixate on doing one show that talks about them all Mm. each week. Sometimes we miss a week. We're not perfect, you know, but we're, I'm just taking my time, dude. I'm actually just having fun, man. Yeah. That's what it's it's all about. I don't, I ain't trying to, make a ton of money off it. I'm just trying to have fun. Yeah. And if people enjoy listening to me and him be knuckleheads and <laughs> see the thing is, is I was saying to my one buddy, we know what we're talking about, but we're knuckleheads. Yeah. You know, we're we're idiots. Like we will sit there sometimes and I'll say something and he'll just keep saying the same thing over and over again to me. Tell me I mispronounced it, but I did it. Right. And it, it just sometimes you'll see me get annoyed. Sometimes you won't. It's it's funny, dude. And that's that's basically what we do, man. That's brilliant. And I'm happy that people in the UK will get to hear a guy from the States. Absolutely. You know, talking. I'm from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, born and raised in South Philadelphia. There you go. ECW I they, country. I hope they uh, don't mind my accent. Oh, no, 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 no. We've got enough of our own over here, mate. Oh, they'll love your, don't, <laughs> listen, they'll love, it when once you come on my show, they'll love your accent. Oh, brilliant, yeah. Women, yeah. women soak that up over here, man. <laughs> they, they love the accents. Well, there we go. There we go. Fans over there already. It's, uh, tell us a little bit about ACPW just quickly. So it's, um, uh, they, they've been around for a while. I could go back to YouTube maybe around like 2012 that they, they've always been around. They've always been trying to make it. They've had some, I don't know all the names, but they've had some pretty uh, big names that made it. I wouldn't say WWE wise, mm. but definitely like I think Ring of Honor and stuff and all that. Okay. But they're uh, they're coming up right now. They're doing you know because of the pandemic, they're doing tapings. That's what they call them now. So yeah. they have like their own little spot that they have a ring set up for the wrestlers to. It's legit wrestling. Like if you want, look it up on YouTube. Like these guys are wrestling. Like there is. There's not too much. There's some gimmick in the ring, mm. but they're in that ring together. They're like they don't go outside or anything because okay. you know, the way they have their setup with the cameras and everything, it's trying to show people actual wrestling. Right. And then they still they cut promos and everything, and they're giving people they're giving people a chance that necessarily aren't getting a chance. You mm. know, there's okay. local guys that are in there. There's a lot of Philadelphia guys in there. Okay. And, I think they really are going somewhere like watching them live and the bumps that they're taking and the moves that they're doing. And they don't have as much time to perfect their craft. Like the WWE has no, you know? no. and not only that, when they're, when they're communicating in the ring and everything, it's tough because you don't have that crowd. So mm. you gotta be careful. You don't want them to see each other. Like you don't want to hear what they're saying. No. Like I'm going to throw you into the ropes. You're going to dodge this clothesline. Come back. I'm going to drop kick you. You, you know, you, you, but yeah. they have that set up, and they're they're very professional, very great guys, and I'm interested to see where they go, man. I'm going to actually, once they go live and they have crowds, mm. I'm going to be there interviewing the wrestlers. I'm going to be working the crowd, walking around, pushing my show. Fantastic. And that's it, man. But, yeah, they're definitely coming up in the world. That's awesome. Well, there's something else. So as well as Backstabbers Podcast, there you go, ACPW. Go and check ACPW, them out. ACPW, yeah. Awesome. Listen, thank you so, so much, Will. This has been amazing. So we will definitely do it again. Um, you know, some point soon. We'll uh we'll we'll we've probably got enough for a few shows between I us. love the guitars in your background. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, another hobby that I kind of got into and I wouldn't say it didn't go anywhere, you know, I kind of taught myself to play. I'm just a bedroom guitarist, but it's good. It gives me something to mm-hmm. so, somewhere to kind of, you know, lose my lose my thoughts after a long day. So yeah nice you're in the music man that's good yeah yeah not 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 as much now as i used to be i must admit i used to be listening to music all the time yeah once you're in once you're in you're in you never lose it (laughs) you never lose it 
Listen, thank you so much, mate. I'll, uh, I will, uh, we'll draw it to a close for that until next time, but there will be a next time, but thank you yes, so sir. much, Will from, uh, from Backstabbers it, Podcast. Man. Thank you, bud. Later. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production. 